From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey and Charleston, South Carolina, this is Teeing It Up Presents, the Sunday Sprint for Week 14 of the National Football League season. I'm Jeremy Schilling, joined, as always, by Luke Morrow. Good morning, Luke. Good morning. Um, where do you stand in general? on week 14 buys. This is the latest we've ever had a buy in the NFL. This is also the longest regular season. Got a bunch of teams on bye weeks this late in the year. Is this like being able to get fresh tires late in a race um, in NASCAR to where you may be able to, um, you know, just run past somebody? Because of, you know, just the way that things work out. Is this rubber the green and, and you have to deal with what you got to deal with? Or are you not in favor of bye weeks this late? Um, yeah, I mean, good question. I, I do think it's certainly an advantage. You know, like the Patriots have their bye week. And, you know, with Bill Belichick, you know, this is probably the perfect time for them. You know, if uh, any coach could take advantage of such a thing, it'd be him coming down the home stretch. Um so I do think it's an advantage to the teams that have it. I think the Eagles right around a bye, and they're trying to make a comeback here. So the Dolphins, who are who have won five in a row. So some teams that are in the playoff race, you know, potentially could take advantage of this bye week and continue some sort of run. In terms of am I for or against it, well, I mean, there's only so many weeks. I know there are certain weeks where I think there are only two teams on a bye, so maybe, you know, you double up on those weeks. I don't know how complex it is putting together these schedules. But if it's a necessary evil, you know, it's not the biggest deal to me. You only have so many weeks to try to get all these bye weeks in. You don't want to have too many teams on a bye a certain week and, and not enough, you know, games for your product each week. So, you know, I view it as kind of it is what it is. But for the teams that get a bye this late, I certainly do think it is some sort of advantage here to try to finish strong. Um, okay, let's start with your Vikings who won on Thursday. And what I want to know, Luke, about Thursday is that I saw the way that Dalvin Cook was running right over the Steelers and tuned out. You obviously can't tune out. It's your favorite team. So I did not realize that this game became close until Friday morning when I woke up and looked at my phone because I went to sleep thinking this was a dominant Viking victory. And instead, you needed a last play of the game stand and a great defensive play at that to win this thing. How nervous were you that you were going to lose to the Lions and then give up blank unanswered points the week later to beat the Steelers? Uh, 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 sorry, to lose to the Steelers. What was going through your head Thursday night? Yeah, that's a good question because I don't know if it wasn't so much nervous as it was like embarrassment. Like, are we really going to do this? Because you felt like they were going to. I texted my brother pretty early on because as a Vikings fan, you are just conditioned to expect something like that. So I think it was after the Steelers got the first touchdown, I think it was, and I texted him and I said, they're really going to make a game of this. And usually I'm the optimistic one, and my brother's the pessimistic <laughs> fan. But this was a reversal. He said, no, what are you talking about? You know, the, the Steelers have looked terrible. They're dominating. They're still up 22. They're fine. And remember, at this time, there was only 17 minutes left. They were still up over three scores. Anyways, as the game was continuing to unfold into the fourth quarter, you know, I kept texting, I'm telling you, they're going to blow this. And he was saying, no, even though it's getting close, the Steelers haven't looked good. We have a big lead, yada, yada, yada. And, of course, it comes down to the final play. And he said, uh, I remember the one text he sent me during the game was, stop being neurotic. 
you know, they're going to be fine. So when the game, when it came down to that last possession, I texted him back and I said, I'm not being neurotic, I'm just being a Vikings fan. <laughs> this is just what we, we have been conditioned, especially this year. I mean, every single game, all but one, has come down to the last possession. And I compared it to, um, like, if you were to go jogging with a buddy or you get, like, a street ra- um, a road race with a friend who is maybe more of a runner than you or they're in better shape, and if they ran at their normal pace, they would, you know, finish much quicker than you. So they kind of have to feel like they have to slow down so you can keep up. But when you first start off, they run at their pace, you run at their pace, and they realize, like, oh, I'm going to have to slow down. I'm too far ahead. And you let them catch up. Uh, the few times I would go jogging with my mother, she's in much better shape than me, even though, you know, she's twice my age. It'd be that type of deal. We'd go out, and she'd go blasting ahead and realize, like, oh, yeah, Luke's not in that good enough shape as I am. Let me slow down. My point being, that's like the Vikings. They'll jump out and then realize, like, hold on, we got to let this other team catch up. This isn't fair. And that's what they do every week. They're the only team in the league to have a touchdown lead in every game this year, and yet they're under 500. And Thursday was the greatest example. They got 29 nothing in the second half, and somehow even that game comes down to the final play. It's just what they've done all year. It's been very uh, vexing. How embarrassing was last Sunday for you? Well, it was very embarrassing, but I did say, I did figure, I mean, I guess it is. I said it on this show. I said it on this show. Yeah, and uh, I don't blame you. And, you know, I, I don't think I went that far to actually pick the Lions. I guess I couched it uh, on my show Friday and here as well, saying I would not be surprised. This is the one game I would see the Lions actually win this year. So as the game was unfolding, I was upset, don't get me wrong, but I, I still wasn't all that surprised. I kind of figured that. That's the classic Vikings would lose to a winless Lions team. They almost did it when the Lions went 0-16. But what a difference that game makes, because now if they have beaten the Lions, they have the Bears coming up this week, which is no guarantee. But if you beat the Bears now this upcoming weekend, you know, next week, uh, and you got that win against the Lions, you know, you have a playoff spot, you have a a winning record, you're looking at a different type of season. So it's probably going to come back to, you know, cost them probably their whole season, that loss to the Lions, which is just embarrassing. The Jets, meanwhile, had a lovely first half going and then could not stop a running back and could not stop any offense to save their lives last week. They also could not get any offense going in the second half, Luke, because they only ran three offensive plays in the third quarter. (laughs) That's how dominant the Eagles were offensively in that game. And they let Gardner Minshew look like he was... Tom Brady, it's inexcusable. The, the, the failings of this defense are ridiculous, and I've had enough. I have had enough as a Jet fan. Well, wouldn't you know, we faced the Saints today, and guess who's coming back? It's Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Ugh, Luke, help me, help me, help me, help me. I wish I could. I saw a crazy stat about how Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's all-time leader in uh, passer rating at 105, and this year the Jets' defense is allowing a passer rating of 109. Ooh. Meaning Ooh. That Ooh. every quarterback they go up against, they make them into the greatest, statistically the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, different quarterback each week. That's what we're dealing with. So Taysom Hill, after that four interception game, Step right up. Here's your opportunity today to try to uh, do some things and, and show people why Sean Payton you know, loves you so much. But certainly a get-right spot for the Saints. Good coaches usually don't go on six-game losing streaks. Here's a chance for Sean Payton and the Saints to finally get back in the win column. It's so bad, Luke. I can't tell you how painful this has been. Oh, I feel for you. I remember when the Vikings had a 
quote-unquote defensive coach Leslie Frazier, and they had the worst defense in the league, which was historically bad. The Jets hire Robert Sala, good defensive guy with the Niners, and now their defense is historically bad. So I understand uh, what it's like. And even in this very offensive league this year, uh, or or just nowadays in football, having gone through it um, with my own team, still there is – I think it's more frustrating when you can't stop the other team than when you struggle to score. Uh, I would rather have a good defense and a struggling offense than vice versa because when the other team's just running up and down the field on you, it's, I think, even more demoralizing than if you struggle to score touchdowns when you just can't get a single stop. So I, I, can, I can relate. It's not fun right now. And, yes, this, this, this Jets defense has been decimated by injuries. I get that. But still, you have a defensive coach. You should be able to at least get off more than three plays in the third quarter. Offensively, like come on, yes. come on, please wake up, folks. All right. Um, ah, okay, I got that off my chest. Um, yes. Feels good. It feels good, Luke. Um, New England Buffalo Monday night. Weird game. One of the windiest games in NFL history. And you go into Bills Bucks today at four twenty-five on CBS. And this it, it, it's a crucial game for Buffalo. If I'm the Bucks, I just throw out that game film and don't even attempt to learn anything off of it just because I think that game is so rare and just so one in a million. And if I'm the Bills, I also move past that game and just focus on, on the Bucks. Where do you stand when it comes to a game like that, which is so bizarre, in which the Pats only attempt three passes, in terms of how do you either prep going forward or how do you as a quarterback move forward? Because this is a crucial game for the Bills who have aspirations of this being a Super Bowl matchup and right now are, are, are not the best team in the AFC. Yeah, this is a huge game uh, for both these teams, uh, but certainly with Buffalo. Um, they're just trying to keep their head above, above water. In terms of coming off a of Monday, you know, you could chalk it up. I, growing up, of course, in Connecticut, I have a lot of, um, well, Patriots fans as friends, but also plenty of friends who can't stand the Patriots. And so anytime the Patriots do anything, they don't want to give credit. And so a lot of my buddies after Monday were doing that, like, oh, this was a normal game. Right? The Patriots wouldn't have won. They were lucky the win, yada, yada, yada. So I think if you're a Bills player or even part of that locker room, even if it's just to try to make yourself feel better, I think you have to approach it the same way that, hey, you know, this was such an outlier, it was such a unique game when we play them in a couple of weeks at their place, and if hopefully there's no weather, right, we'll get back at them, we'll show them, you know, we're the better team. I think just to help yourself feel better mentally, that's the approach you should have. But that was a, a bad loss. It was demoralizing. You had them at home in your elements. You, you know, that was your stadium outdoors in upstate New York. You should be used to that. You have the quarterback with the strong arm. They have the rookie who's never played in cold weather before. And uh, you couldn't do anything. And the, the Patriots only threw it three times. They used only five different run plays, and you still couldn't stop them enough. And I think you saw afterwards. I mean, Sean McDermott was testy with the media. A couple of the players were upset with some of the media questions. So I think the Bills... Uh, really felt it because they felt like, uh, I imagine, I'm assuming, that after last year that they got past New England and now we're just trying to figure out a way to get past the Chiefs in the AFC. Then you come back this year and it's like, oh, wait a minute, actually, we still have to worry about the Patriots. They're still better than us, even with a rookie quarterback. Um, And so I think that's a little uh, demoralizing or deflating when you realize that um, maybe you aren't as far along as you thought you were as a a franchise or in that division. So if you're Buffalo, you got to quickly put it behind you because it's a short week. You're going up against uh, Brady. 
and the Buccaneers on the road, big time game, like you said. So, um, a lot of times I like taking teams that get embarrassed the week prior, especially on national TV. I think that was embarrassing for the Bills, but at the same time, um, you know, a game like that could also be deflating, where it, it's one loss that maybe turns into a second one. Dallas, Washington, Luke is a toss-up for me. Where do you stand on this game? I would take the Cowboys to win from like a betting perspective. The Washington football team is one of my favorite plays as a big underdog at home, but I do think the Cowboys will find a way to win. But Washington, obviously, you know they're the hottest team in the league right now. Um, Ron Rivera's 4-0 against Mike McCarthy, scoring twice as many points, so, so maybe they even have a coaching edge there. And then you get him at home. And Dak Prescott, in his career, is 500 on the road. He's 500 outdoors. He's much better on turf, indoors, at home. Um, so he goes up you know, on the road against the Washington team that, granted, part of it may be the schedule, but the reason why they've won four in a row is in large part because of their defense. It's allowing, I think it's only 17 points per game during the winning streak, which is uh, almost half of what they were allowing before that. The defense was really lousy. It's been really good of late, but this is going to be the toughest test they have with Dak Prescott and this Cowboys offense. The, the benefit for Washington is that they'll be the home team. They'll get the Cowboys outdoors. I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but you get them outdoors on, you know, the beat-up grass out there and uh, hope that you can slow them down enough that Taylor Heineke can make enough plays to, to win. And if they do, look out. Washington football team is just a one, one game out of first in that division. Um, yeah, just crazy. Um, and... Um, I don't know where that division goes. Um, I did not see that. I did not expect that Taylor Heineke would be um, such a good quarterback or and such an effective quarterback. But that's been the way that it's been for the Washington football team. And Dallas has been inconsistent. And Dallas is going to need to step up on the road, as you said. And um, there's something about these Mike McCar- uh sorry, Ron Rivera teams. They they just get in a rhythm for a stretch. Now it's can you sustain it over a long period of time in a season? Um, we saw this, this with the, yeah, same time last year that they got hot like this. Yep, and and you saw it with his Panther teams. That you know they had the talent, but they couldn't sustain it game after game after game after game. Um, where where do you want to go with the fifth game? Oh well, there's. Um you know, there's a couple of interesting ones. Um, you know, I think Ravens-Browns is interesting. Yeah. Raiders-Chiefs. Um, yeah. I guess those are the two left. That, yeah, those are the, yeah, those are the two. Uh, I'll, I'll say this about, um, uh, about the um, Vegas-Chiefs uh, game. This is the matchup that in the first matchup had Patrick Mahomes go crazy. And yeah. it's tough to win the rematch, especially when it's this close together. So I get it. It's a better playing Chiefs team, but watch out because this is going to be an, ins- an inspired squad. This isn't like the rematch is happening two months later and you've got injuries and whole, and whole new roster pieces. So that, that's the one there that jumps out to me. Well, they better learn from their mistakes because, as you said, that was the one game that Mahomes and the offense went off. And... We thought, some people thought at the time, like, oh, here we go, this is finally the offense yep. getting together. But then other people said, you know, football minds said, no, it was really just the Raiders not doing what they should have. They haven't been using the game plan that all these other teams have used to slow down the Chiefs. There are two types of coaches and maybe two types of people that believe, you know, they can be stubborn and say, well, we're just going to do what we do, regardless of the opponent. It doesn't matter who we're playing, we're going to do our thing. And then there's other coaches, this is what makes Bill Belichick so good, that 
he'll come up with a different game plan. They'll throw it only three times on Monday night. He'll come up with a different game plan based off of who they're playing, and that's why he's the greatest of all time. And for the Raiders, when they faced the Chiefs, it was kind of one of those, well, forget what everyone else is doing. We're just going to stick to what we do. And that was a huge mistake, and the Chiefs had great um, success. So now I'm curious if they learn their lesson, and they come back the second time and say, okay, forget that. Forget what we normally do. We have to adjust for our opponent, and if they do a better job today, uh, we'll see. But the Raiders offensively, since Gruden, you know, at first the offense was fine. Then you lose Henry Ruggs, of course, and, and uh, all the other stuff. Uh, they've had some injuries in the backfield. They haven't scored over 17 points in four of the last five weeks. So I know the Chiefs' offense has been great. But if you're going to win this game on the road, you've got to get a little bit more out of this offense that has been really bad over the past month. And if they do win, just like Washington, they'll be only a game out of first place. So, you know, it's a, it, this is a, a huge game in that division. Luke, we're getting to the end of our radio program. Aww. I know. Uh, my game of the day is Bill's Bucks. What's your game of the day? Yeah, I agree. It's the, the best matchup on paper. Sleeper, and I know where you're going to go with this, so I'm going to take it from you. Uh, Ravens, Browns, if Cleveland wants any shot at being in, in the discussion, they've got to step up big, and it starts tonight. Uh, sorry, today. With that well, win. I was going to say that, yeah. Um, I took it right out of your mouth. I'm sorry. Yes. Just a quick side note, it's the first time in 30 years that the team is facing the same team back-to-back games in the regular season. The Browns have had three weeks to get ready for this. You play the Ravens, then you have a bye, and now you play the Ravens again, so they better win at home. Uh, since you said that, I'll be different. I'll go Monday Night Football, Rams-Cardinals. Um, since we didn't mention it, and that's a big-time game for that division, got to show that they are one of the best teams in the NFC. Yeah, it is crazy how that works. Um uh, do 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 game to watch golf during. Have I made Luke speechless? You cut out. I'm sorry. What a game to watch golf? Is yes, yes. I I just thought I made um, you speechless. <laughs> you have the tendency to do that. Um, there's a few to choose from. <laughs> Lions are missing like half their team against you, the Broncos. See, that intrigues uh, me. A roster shortage intrigues me. Oh, well, then, hey, you'll be one of the very few tuning in outside of Detroit and Denver to watch that game. Teddy Bridgewater against Jared Goff. Yuck. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm looking at the schedule. There's a few today. Giants, Chargers, Seahawks, Texans. Uh, I'll just say uh, Seahawks, Texans, uh, that's just a boring game. Two bad teams. Giants, Chargers. All right, the segment Luke doesn't prep for. What, uh, who are you watching? What are you watching? Name something. I'm going to give you a team this week, and it's the one I just mentioned, the Seahawks-Texans. Most people don't care about this game, but I'm curious because of a trend. Teams that play the 49ers have gone 1-11 and the following week. The what the heck? Niners. Yes, the Vikings played the 49ers and then lost to the winless Lions the next week. I don't know if it's because they're such a physical team, they beat you up. I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but the Seahawks just played the 49ers, and now they're in Houston. Does Houston get a third win today? Does this trend continue? I'm just curious because I want to see if there if this trend if there's something to it or if it's just been a coincidence. Uh, but let me see if the Texans win outright today because Seattle just played the Niners. For me, it is the Omicron and Delta variants of COVID-19. This is now starting to cause problems in the NFL. You talked about the Lions roster shortage. The NBA is going through a whole issue right now with this. Um, with this, 
I don't know if it's boosters. I don't know if it's uh, a, a high prevalence of getting the J&J vaccine. I don't know what the issue is here, but COVID-19 is starting to cause problems. And this is something to watch because you're in the stretch run. You want all your pieces healthy. And Luke, you and I both know, being basketball guys, Jason Tatum had, 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 to take an, had to take an inhaler the entire rest of the regular season after he got it last year. The last thing you want in such a, a, a cardio-driven sport is to not be 100% because of one of these viruses. And, it's, and whether it's the flu that, that drains the heck out of you, the Knicks have had issues with food poisoning uh, and COVID-19, no matter what it is, you're going to need to be in your best cardiovascular shape possible. This is something to watch. Yeah, and if you're a fantasy football player, you, uh, you're you seeing it as well. I mean, so many guys out here in the last couple of days because of uh, being added to the COVID list. So, um, obviously, that's not as important as the games themselves, but a tough time of the year for those who play fantasy. Um, you know, when you're going into the playoffs, you're missing some pieces. So, yes, if you've been paying attention, you're seeing a, an increase here in the last week or two of these uh, COVID cases or players going on that COVID list. And this is obviously the, the last time or the worst time you'd want that to be going on here with the most important games. Yep, and, and just note, for both the NFL and the NBA, you can be on that list because you're a close contact, or you can be on that list because of a family member or a person you're taking care of who has come down with it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you are, but but we've seen over and over and over again, it's, it's a vast majority of, of people who have come down with it themselves, not caretakers or family members. Um, so that's just what I'm watching here over the next week. Luke, thank you, as always, for joining us in the Sunday Sprint. My pleasure, as always. Enjoy your football weekend and enjoy everybody else's football weekend out there. We'll see you next week.